0: Happy Tuesday.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's the 12th of January.
0: You almost said December.
1: No, the 12th. (laughs) That kind of threw me. The 12th is the 12th of January, 2021. Yay.
0: Yay. We have a couple of local birthdays. I'm sure there's some more out there, but...
1: Happy birthday.
0: Happy birthday to love and to bliss.
1: Happy birthday.
0: Yes. Grateful for you guys.
1: We are very grateful. So how are you this morning?
0: I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> good, yes.
1: We have uh we have a, a virtual together gather tonight. We do. Yeah,
0: so everybody know we are back to doing virtual to gathers. So the link is the same, is that right?
1: The link is the same. <clears throat> the the password has been updated along with the year. Okay. So that's a cryptic message. <laughs> <laughs> uh Good morning.
0: Good morning. How are you? I'm
1: good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, definitely, um, feeling a lot of Papa's emotions today Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think that's, that's got to affect, um, all of us Mm -hmm. in some way.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: We've had, um, a very, um, I'm not sure what the word is, but we've had a week, Mm -hmm. um, both in the world, in our nation, and everywhere. <laughs> uh, like a night to remember. We, we've had a week to remember. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of what's heavy on my heart right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we did our last podcast, I think it was the 5th, mm-hmm. and then the very next day was Wednesday, Wednesday. And we know that um, listening to this podcast, we have people who are um, outside of the United States. Mm-hmm. And so um, we always try to um, keep our podcast's kingdom because that's our uh, that's our hearts, all of us. Mm-hmm. But um, this is definitely a week where it's, Sort of impossible to recognize what has happened here in the United States last Wednesday. The thing that uh, Papa said to me, and i've I've known this for months, but i I've been just praying, you know, about how how it would turn out. I haven't been, you know, trying to walk that journey with God and not have it be a journey of fear or any of those other things. Mm-hmm. but but this is what Papa has been saying for months now. Regardless of how this election turns out, there will be violence. And um, and I think if you really if you really contemplate um, that it it's certainly the truth. I think I think there would have been nonviolent protests either way, and I think there would have been some uh, reactions of some kind that caused violence, whether it was anger or whether it was, um, this false sense of duty. And, um, and so, uh, uh, I think a lot of people, um, may have predicted violence on one side but not the other. Um, but I, I feel very strongly that it would have been violent either way. And, and, um, and to see it happen as it did has just been a real tragic thing. And um, so whenever you hear a situation where there's an outcome that's been laid out and regardless of the outcome, the desired end of, in this case, violence Happens, it is by definition a maze. And everything that um, we've been talking about here for the last month and a half about um, mystery writers um, putting together that desired conclusion, and um, usually in a mystery there's there's something bad that happens in it, and oftentimes, if it's a murder mystery, it's going to be violent, and um, and that there's you know there's this culprit that is the um, the person who done it, as we say around here, and um, all of these all of these attributes are assigned to what's actually happening in the world right now, <laughs> and. Uh, it's just it's just astounding to me to see such a blatant manifestation of the maze um and the maze using using language of previous podcasts and august rush which might not make sense if this is your first podcast but but a maze is a fruit of the phantom zone and um so the imaginations that lead us to um, uh lead us to realities that are not reality and um, amaze is manipulation it's simply taking us through a path that's seeded with these seeds of truth so that we're emotionally attached and we are um, we're angry and pointing at the seed of truth because this is something that's precious to us and we've really sown ourselves to this particular seed and um and if someone is um, against that seed, they're against the truth. And that is just not the case. Because you have two seeds that have been placed in two buckets. Or many seeds that have been placed in two buckets. And um, and that way, we are able to be manipulated. And this this is where we are right now. And if this is happening in one country, it is happening all over the world. And I think we we all as people get uh, of God get to see this and understand, um, you know, that in the eyes of God, government is a servant of God. And I think a lot of people believe that. A lot of people will read the words of Paul in the book of Romans or wherever they're looking and, and believe that, that that is the case, that, that God is the one who puts leaders in place, therefore... Um, government is the servant of God. And if you say, Cyrus, my servant, then you by definition know Cyrus was the king and, you know, he was God's servant. And God put him in place, and even though, you know, he may not have looked like uh, the law that God laid out, still he served God. And I think what has happened in the maze is that... Um, the intention of the maze is for government to have a different role and not be a servant of God. And, um, and in one way or the other, it becomes a source. Either, um, again, bad things are happening, and, and we have been deceived into believing that the supply of bad things must be legislated. And that's the only way to get rid of them, is we make a law that makes that uh, thing illegal, and then the supply or the quantity of of those things happening goes way, way, way down, and if they do, there's a a government-provided consequence. And um, instead of, of course, sons and daughters of God who are given the authority to deal with demand or, um, or that which produced the supply. There wouldn't be a supply if it weren't for the demand. If, if people didn't want prostitution, if there weren't customers of prostitution, there wouldn't be prostitution. It's that simple. The reason there's prostitution is because there's customers. Um, and if you look at um, the other side of this equation, um, it is the byproduct of, and this is a tough word, it's a very painful thing to say, but it is a byproduct of the Pledge of Allegiance. And, um, and I want to go back to Terraforming Communion and that chapter Reclaiming Grave Re- Reclaiming Graves where we talked about every knee shall bow and every tongue confess and this is Paul in Philippians 2 and he's quoting Isaiah 45 verse 23 and um, and forgive me somewhere in Isaiah 60 and <laughs> um, and uh, and what it's all about is God has spoken through the prophet Isaiah that, um, that this day will come where every knee will bow and every tongue will, and, and what we say through the Greek is confess, but that's actually not what it says in Isaiah. It actually says every tongue shall swear allegiance. Allegiance. And that word in Hebrew is Shabbat, which is Hebrews 76, 50. And, you know, um, when people uh, who are um, sort of the Holy Ghost rollers, you know, holy rolling, you know, filled with the spirit, you know, when they speak in tongues, a lot of times they'll say Shabbat. And um, what is Shabbat? Well, Shabbat is a Hebrew word, and it means I swear allegiance to you, God. You know, I belong to you, God. You are my Lord. You know, Shabbat is, to many people, it's just speaking in tongues. It's, you know, they don't know what it means. But I'll interpret that for you. It's actually a, um, a Hebrew word. And it has a very significant meaning. I belong to you, is, is what you're saying. And, um, and so the word patriot comes from the idea that I swear allegiance to you, government or country. And, um, and, you know, in the course country and government are synonymous. And that, that is a very potent phrase is, is saying that, um, uh, I think we're finding that on one side, God is a source and on the other side, God, uh, um, sorry, on one side, government is a source, and on the other side, government is who we swear allegiance to. It's who we give our fealty to. It is the Lord that we are the vassals of. And um, And that's a very powerful thing that we're saying when we when we call ourselves patriots. And you know, this is from Scott Norville, whose sixteenth um, great grandfather was one of the first people to land here uh, 400 years ago and um, who in that line of 16 Norvals, you know you have people that fought in the Revolutionary War uh, to make this nation a nation and uh, in in the war since you've got you've got people from this family who um, helped build this nation I am I am a person who believes in this nation that God, uh, has has brought this about so that we would have a, um, a place where people um, who are called to this land are free to do what God called them to do, and freedom is the key word there. But I think there's a big difference between seeing that in the context of how that serves God's purpose and how looking at that country or government to legislate supply or pledging our allegiance to the country or government instead of or or like like in addition to God it's like serving two masters. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You, one of the two has to be the master. So if God is the master, then the government is a servant of God. One nation under God is what it was supposed to be, right? That's what that's what the United States was supposed to be. This is like a a template for the the great country is that the the nation serves God; it's one nation under God. But that's that's not how people are treating it. And this is why people feel the need to react in violence. Is um, is we either we have we we've we've fallen prey to the maze. We're either looking to the maze to. Um, to stop demand by controlling supply or we are demanding that, um, that this nation be what only God can be. And um, so we can't swear that allegiance to government or flag. We, um, we swear allegiance to God and together we serve god but we also as children we 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 as people who are in covenant with god we get got to choose to become friends friends who became children and children who became one and um and the picture for all of us right now because i know a lot of people are are grieving right now i think I think, you know, we, we see a double standard in our government, in our country, because I think it is, it is again, in a, a seed of, of truth that um, there were people that broke into the Capitol, and I don't see how that's possible. I mean, how is that possible? How could they possibly have broken into the Capitol? I mean... You know, there's just all kinds of questions there. And all of those questions are a fruit, not of a corrupt government, but a government that's been corrupted by the people because the people are abusing the government, treating it like something it was never meant to be. So I'm putting the blame on the people. I'm saying that if you are looking to government to create laws that that do provide for you, protect for you, all of those things. That's what God's supposed to do. If you're looking to swear allegiance to this uh, government as a patriot because that's the club that you joined, well, then you joined Christianity for the same reasons. You have basically turned Jesus into this club that I joined, you know, instead of saying, no, I have an intimate, personal relationship with God do we not see that, that this is out of order? One nation under God. That's, that's what it was always intended to be. It was not intended to be the government is the God. And, um, and so I, I think that what we're seeing, and we can say this, probably apply this in many places, is, is we need to make our choice because we're actually harming our countries worldwide. We're harming our governments. We're, we're doing them an injustice by putting them in the wrong place. And, um, and so there is a terrible grief that's coming. And, and if you go back to something that I don't remember when I said it, but Papa said it a long time ago. We threw a brick up in the air And we went walking down the hill our merry way, laughing and giggling and having a great time, and got hit in the head with a brick. And we don't know where the brick... We were turning around to find the person that threw the brick at us. And nobody threw a brick at us. We threw a brick up in the air and got hit by it. And I have great compassion for the grieving that's taking place in our nation and around the world for various reasons right now, because um, there are people... Who are deeply injured by the behavior of other people. And, um, and so that's what we need to point uh, our our focus on. We need to see this through the eyes of, um, of the fact that people are deceived. And, and that is the fruit of the Phantom Zone. It's the fruit of the maze. That you're just you need to know this. This is a deception. And it's the people who've been deceived. And so we're, we're so divided because we're so deceived. And we've got to get out of the maze. And the maze is a spiritual construct of the kingdom of selfishness. It is darkness. It is evil. It is all of the things that we know better. We know better. Greed is not God. Hatred is not God trusting in a source other than God. That's idolatry, people. Swearing allegiance to anything but God is idolatry. Our government, was, our our country, was never meant to be an idol. It was meant to serve God. And it's out of order. It's just out of order. It's that simple. And it's our fault. We can't We can't say, you know, that the system is corrupt. It's the people who have used the system for wrong purposes that corrupted the fruit. There's a tainting that's taken place. And um, it's on us. And so I think every one of us gets to choose now. Are we going to be the firstborn of this generation who exits the maze, who exits the phantom zone, who leaves this deception, who puts God in God's place as our source of provision, our source of protection, our source of self-worth. You know, where does your self-worth come from? It better come from God. Do you see yourself through God's eyes? I mean, if we are this generation, then we... We should have the fruit of that from our choices. You know, God is our source. And and God puts leaders in place because their role is to serve God. That's that's why God does that. And so, um, yeah, we need to to be able to um, remember who we are remember that we're people of love, that we're called to rescue, to bring the the fruit of love by the authority God's given us. We open the floodgates of provision. We go to Antarctica and find the storehouses that were buried under snow and hail and open them so that the world can have it. And, and that's That's the sons and daughters of God. We dismantle strongholds of hatred. We are the ones who um, dismantle demand for the things that are grieving people all over the world. We, we, and and it's any person who believes in Jesus has chosen relationship with God where they share their heart and listen any person who takes that risk of believing God so that God is their source of everything, any person who has chosen to become one with God by laying down their selfishness, they are the ones who, in daily bread portions, will release light to the world, will dismantle these strongholds of evil, and will open the floodgates of heaven so that love is known around the world it's not a esoteric club it's not the third club it's it's a covenant with the almighty and us becoming who we were created to be and and we need to make that choice now all of us because this is you know this will either get better or it will get worse. And it kind of is dependent upon what choices we make. We need to make some choices here. And, and we've, we've, we maybe have some grief to process. We maybe, you know, have some emotions to deal with. And, and so let's go back to our Papa. Let's go to God. Let's sit in the light of his presence. And, um, you know, that word Shabbat has shin, bait, and ayin in it. So you have revelation and purification. You've got covenant and one flesh. You've got the light and, and the eyes to see. And the eyes to see are the ones that know truth. And, and when the deception is this powerful, we need a little Shabbat. Mm-hmm. We need to swear allegiance to love, to God. And if we do... We're going to have revelation. We're going to have purification. We're going to become one with love through covenant. And we're going to have the light of his presence that we will have eyes to see in the deception. And we won't be deceived by this. That's Shabbat. That's the true allegiance that we swear. When every knee shall bow and tongue confess, every tongue will swear allegiance. Every tongue will Shabbat. Mm-hmm. And, um, and 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 that's, that's what we begin, so that the great multitude can come in. That Revelation 14, 14 harvest that we've been talking about for eight years now, however long it is, ten years now, we are the ones that God is looking to... We're not waiting on God, He's waiting on us to respond. Get out of the maze, get out of the phantom zone, and choose. <clears throat> choose. Yeah, I think
0: a question for each of us now um, is do we believe he is faithful? Because, you know, I I know one of the most potent things I think you have shared that impacted me greatly was just about the the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violence, the violent take it by force and and what that really meant, and who the violent were. Yes. And it was the unfaithful, and it didn't mean the ones who didn't know God yet. Right. It is about those who know Him and aren't being faithful to how they know Him, and and that can be any of us, you know. Um, if we react to things and don't respond to Him, and um, so we're seeing a lot of violence and so I can only see that as evidence of of um, a lot of reaction instead of responding and and maybe in a core place some of his people not believing he's faithful. And I think this past the past year, 2020 revealed a lot of that. that's why we were so. <laughs> inviting us to the threshing floor, to heart work, um, to being able to come to a place to brood and see where the chaos really came from and those kind of things. Um, because I'm hearing now just in different ways that it's coming about that there's, there's been a real surfacing of anger at Papa
1: mm. it's true and, See,
0: and it, in the stories <laughs> I've gotten to hear it's because something looked different than what a person thought it would and they can't quite reconcile it and you know as we've been talking about for 2021 we're, we're the reconcilers and and that's the enemy's plan that we would be unable to reconcile who God is to us you know that's that's when we come to him when we come before him that very first act is reconciling who he is to us by declaring it and it you know it must be true when we say it but it's this act of reconciliation that i am choosing to believe who you are and so um yeah I feel like I could just sit here and, and sob for a little while um, over the, you know, the events of past months, not just the past week. But I'm really grateful. Um, you know, so Tuesday we did the podcast and then I feel like we just got to have this preparation. And I hope those of you that, that were getting to live stream um, last week recognize this preparation too i'm so grateful for the blue army they are not idols to me but they are heroes because i know them i know how they live i know what they choose and i know that coming public with what they believe about the lord about papa and jesus and and el shaddai that's a costly that's an alabaster jar every week that they break open and wash his feet with and we just get to be present for it and so there were so many words and that were you know each week they just put words that are they're just masterpieces of who he is and and how we really as a people feel about him and see him and want the world to see him I think that's been our heart cry since the first return from uh, you know when we had to close down was that the world will know who he really is like that's it like really know him and so there was this moment at together Gather where there just like a sound was ushered in that we could just join the sound and it was really precious because I think a lot of us didn't feel like we had words. We knew what the next day was. We knew what the previous days had been in many ways. But more than that, we knew where we've been choosing to be. Our hanani you know, and just carrying the crown, all those things. And then from that sound came this declaration that, you know, when, when, truth, it's not when truth hits you, it's when truth is pulled from you. And and someone else extracts it and puts, puts the words to it. And it was these three words, I must praise. And I have just been utterly possessed by that since it was sung. And it really, um, you know, on Wednesday morning, I was just, our tree is still up, still having tree time, waiting for Papa to say when it's gonna come down. Um, but I just felt like that was my that was my motto for life, but for that day. I must praise. Like that's all I can do right now is praise and just realizing how powerful that was. So I, I've just been singing it, saying it, you know breathing it anything i can do i must praise like that's the truth in harvest and hard i must praise that's what i'm called to do is to recognize him in it and and celebrate that he's there in the midst of everything we're in the midst of so i felt to look up the hebrew word for must and And, you know, when I start a word study, I'm always aware that an English word, you know, there may not be a Hebrew word for it, but there may be that word, you know. But it's got a whole different context. And that's what happened with this, and I love it more than I can say. So in Hebrew, the word for must is tirosh. It's T-I-R-O-S-H. I even have the number, 8492. Wow. Check it out. Miracle season. It's amazing.
1: Um,
0: And that word means fresh or new wine. Hmm. And so it, it means to be entrusted, to seek, to bring fame to him. And at its core, it's fresh or new wine. so go to To Gather, and it's being sung about, I don't just want a grape. I want the wine. I want to wait with you for the wine you intended. And so that that I must praise is about that. It's about waiting with him, for praising him for the fullness, though I haven't seen the fullness yet. Praising him for the fullness because I believe he's full. I believe he is the harvest. He has the harvest in him. So that word tarosh comes from root word of yarash which means fresh wine new wine the entire cluster not just one grape it is what is required to make wine so it um is found in proverbs 3 10 where it talks about your vats will burst open Mm. there will be New wine. Your barns will be filled with plenty, and your presses will burst with new wine. And I'm just getting messed up by it because we've just come from threshing. Yes. Right. We've just <clears throat> come from the threshing floor where we have all kinds of grain free of chaff now. And now he's talking about the wine, and it. Um, this is the wine where he speaks of in Genesis twenty-seven thirty-seven. The, he talks about with grain and new wine, I have sustained you. <clears throat> this is this is a God talking to us about sustaining us, being our provision, being our possession. That word terosh means to take possession of. That's why I'm so possessed by this phrase because it's what I get to possess. I get to possess praise. And the truth about the word To Roche, it it can be about waste or it can be about harvest. The difference is our choice. The difference is our choice. So to Roche, it's before fermentation happens and it's considered a sign of harvest. So our praise is a sign of harvest that's coming. It's the sign of not just what He's done and what has happened. Praise can't just be that. It is the signpost of what is coming, what we believe of Him and what He's doing. And again, it is the wine that comes from the entire cluster, not just one grape. They're not separated. It's the entire cluster is put in. And um, so than praise you know we've talked about praise so many times and we've gone through the different words um for praise in um hebrew but i'm going to focus on the ancient word and and the real root word of praise so it is um halal h-a-l-a-l and it's a picture of a man with his arms raised up looking and pointing at an amazing sight it Another one of the letters is the shepherd's staff. It's used to move the flock towards a direction. So together it means to look toward a sight. So what if we're the sight? The world gets to look to because we must praise. We know there's something to possess. So the ancient word is look toward. And actually, this word halal is the word for thee, and so it's so specific about what you're looking toward, towards one thing, one focus, one aim, one one pursuit, one posture. So, in um, like if you heard had the word bait, which is house, um, in Hebrew, if it had the before it, or it'd be ha. So it's two words, but it takes that root of halal. It means to look towards a specific house. So it means to look towards what you're of. Hmm. To look towards where you're from. We're not from here. We're from there. From his house. And so halal also is the word for the north star it means to shine or to be unveiled so the north star is always in the same location to guide um, and it's a light that is looked toward for direction so this is a, takes us back to 20. our word for 2021 and being unveiled being willing to be seen to be found with him, to be found in him. Um, so um, all of this as I was just looking at, at praise and just rebuilding and soaring, I just was led to Isaiah 60. And um, so I want to just touch for a moment on the context of Isaiah 60 through, you know, on, through, or 60 through 62. So these are the heart of the third section of Isaiah, because Isaiah's in portions. So at this time, there's this community of returned exiles struggling to believe that God was working in their midst. Hmm. So they're returned exiles, but in some way they're still in exile because they're struggling to believe God is working in the midst of them. So we've had this time where we got to be set apart. We got to be um, arced and all those things. And remembering even from last week that... um, when we are revealed, when we're unveiled, sometimes it's when the people were in exile, and sometimes it was the returned people. But either way, he was re- revealing, he was revealing himself through his people, always. So here are these people who are out of exile, but exile isn't out of them because they're struggling to believe God is working, that he is moving, he's in motion on their behalf and in their midst. So we've come from the second section of Isaiah where he's just consistently pointing in Isaiah 40, really specifically, to a great future for God's people. Hmm. He's just speaking to that, especially in verses 1 through 15. It's glorious. So he's speaking to this great future for his people. Um, So then you get like to Isaiah 42, and they've regained possession of the land, but they're not ready to be possessed yet by him. Or they're not ready to reveal that they are. Um, they're not ready to be a light to the nations yet. And that's in Isaiah 42, 5 through 7. So we come to Isaiah 60, and Isaiah is just renewing. So Hadash, he is renewing the promises of a new day, mm-hmm. that a new day is possible. Mm-hmm. For those who believe, for the people of faith, there is a new day ahead. Hmm. And not just one, but every day is new, that this is a renewing God that they are of. And so renewing, revealing, rebuilding, is it's innately in them. It's who they are. Hmm. And he says, God has not forgotten you, and your mission has not changed your mission is to be the light of the world. Is to be the light, and there are always going to be new events around you. You're, there's always going to be able. There's always going to be things you're able to say. Well, that's never happened before. But every day is marked as a new day for His people. So you're not to react to those events. You're to respond that your today is a Hadash day. You're going to renew this day. You're going to reclaim it from what the enemy tries to establish it as. You're going to reclaim it, you know. And hopefully, you get to stop reclaiming it because we stop letting him have it hmm. at the start. So, from the we get to this Isaiah 61 through three, which is just my favorite. And one thing I love about it is it's not just Isaiah 61 through three. It's Isaiah sixty one two three. It's just putting things in order. It's a countdown. It's a blast off. And it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Do you see that? Do you, does that just pierce i hope it does come on i hope there's just an all going through you and sewing sewing together these pained places right now because it it says you right there is a darkness over the earth there is a darkness over the peoples but the lord rises upon you not the elected officials yes each of them as a person but you you're the one the light rises upon. You're the one the glory appears over, and what happens the nations come to your light. That's right. And kings to the brightness of your dawn. That's
1: right.
0: We are invited every day to dawn. Mm-hmm. And what is his glory? We talked about from last week when in that um, when Paul speaks of the unveiled people, the servants Those who know when to take off their
1: shoes,
0: (laughs) they know what is holy and they know what is not. And they will completely enter into what is holy and worship the humble and the gentle, the peacemakers that go in with the expectancy of victory because they're dressed for it, because they let him dress them. And those desperate for God's grace for another these who know where to look and it says give light for your light has come because you've known where to look you've known the house to look towards you've known who guides you know the, the historical context of this in Isaiah 61 through 3 is restoration and rebuilding from Ezra and Nehemiah that's what this is speaking to this is this is for us right now. And then you get to verse uh, <clears throat> 16, and, you know, this kind of goes back and forth, but then this speaker is identified as Papa. So, um, so we, we come from Isaiah 40 where there's all this anticipation of God's coming to restore justice to the land. But understand this, this anticipation was that he had already come. This was an accomplished arrival. It's a verb, so it's already completed. This is, your God has come, not your God is coming. So then uh, in verses 15 through 18 of Isaiah 60, uh, it's speaking to, you know, I know how you felt and how you've been seen and how you've been viewed, but I will make you the everlasting pride and then the joy of all generations i want to be the joy of all the generations to come i so want that for us you will drink the milk of nations and you will um, nurse it royalty and i could do a whole thing on that i'm going to leave that alone probably come back to that another day then you will know that i the lord am your savior your redeemer The Mighty One of Jacob. So in studying, I learned that whenever Savior, Redeemer, and Mighty One are used together, what this means is so that all humanity will know. Not just you will know. All humanity will know that He is God. And that word know is the word we know for "no yada, Mm -hmm. to be intimate with then you will be my intimate ones you'll be revealed as the ones who know me as the ones who can only do what you do because of me that's right ah the mighty exploits the there will be no doubt on that day what is real and what is not there can be every magician pulled out of every Nook and cranny. It will not matter because those who know him are the only ones that can reveal him. I will make peace your governor. I will make peace your governor and righteousness your ruler. And then in verse 16, and this is Papa talking, No longer will there be violence in your land, nor ruin or destruction in your borders. But you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. Mm. You guys. So let me tell you something about that word land. It is aretz, which is earth, you know, geography, nations, all of that. It also means close family. Mm. So not only will this not be in the earth. be in your family and borders is your extended boundary so everything every place you will project him to every place you will reveal him to and that word salvation um, means there will be no theft of peace you will call your walls peace The, the saved will praise So those nearest to you, those closest to you, and those you have not yet reached will be impacted by this. And your walls will be called salvation and your gates, praise. And the gates are us. We will be called praise. So remember this, throughout Isaiah, this entire time period of Isaiah, Israel just faces one crisis after another. One after another. The world and all its events and all its happenings are just moving at this dizzying pace. And when Isaiah is talking to the people, they they keep getting lost in the clashes of power. You know, and all the, the ruling powers and this nation, and that nation, and this king and that king. And they start to feel, they just feel powerless yet Isaiah won't stop saying this unwavering—he just keeps proclaiming this unwavering message of him and other prophets of that time, of that era. God is still Lord, and he's Lord of all of his creation, not just a portion of it, all of it. And he can work in and through darkness. He can work in and through darkness. So, um, you know, in this particular time, you know, the Israelites got a glimmer of hope from the king of Persia, you know, but that man was moved by God. And so it was the Lord who was using every event for their salvation and their praise. So the saved would praise. So, you know... Years ago, we were talking about a president and praying because we do believe we get the privilege of praying Mm -hmm. for the um, natural government because that's part of who we are as his government. And so um, this word was being said by many over the current president. um, And this was a few... uh, well, it was it was Barack Obama, so I'll just say that. So prophets, all these people were saying he was Osiris. Cyrus, and I don't know where it is. It might be in cessars but I shared about it because um, we so want the the concluded version or the version of our drawn conclusion in uh, matters of state and nation and honestly our lives (laughs) we want to see the what the conclusion we've drawn drawing near instead of walking through um the completion of what he's doing at times and that can really come to play in elections and with presidents and governments and governors and mayors and all that kind of thing so at that time I just shared about Cyrus that At the beginning of his reign, he didn't know God. But he came to know God throughout his reign. And he was used by God because he came to know God. And so he was called God's servant, but he went on to be called God's friend. And it it didn't go past that in, in the text that we have, but it definitely says he went from servant to friend. So that means the things of God became important to him as a servant and he found a place of rest with God as a friend. That is so powerful. Mm. And it wasn't all wrapped up in a package on the front end. And there were people, God's people who were part of that, um, that relationship and that change. Cyrus Whenever he would occupy a land, he would go into the land and he would learn about their gods and their ways. And he would not necessarily adopt them, but he would come to understand them. And it was because of that that he read, um, he read these prophecies of a Savior to come. Generations and generations before his earthly coming. And he was very taken with that. And he began to know the God of that Savior. So um, I've really been asking Papa when to share this because I know it it might not be popular just yet. Um, Hopefully ever it will be. But every, every time there's an administration change or... Um, even even if the current, I'm just going to say president, but it works this way with governor, mayor, you know, wherever. Um, he's having us pray. So even if it's a person gets reelected, I am always asking what is the covenant of this term, you know, for this person. So I'm always asking what is the covenant of this president, president elect whoever it is and so again if there if someone's re-elected I still ask anew what will their covenant be and it's really important to me because I've seen so many times that what he reveals as the covenant of an administration is the covenant of his government for that season.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, I did seek the Lord diligently and fervently about the covenant of both President Trump and President-elect Biden. And um, I feel like it's important to share it because I feel so significantly this is the covenant of, his, of the bride, the church, um, his royal government, who tends to the heart of God and the heart of his people of the people you know Uh, what was that so all humanity will know that's what the priests do Mm. so the covenant of president elect Biden is to be moved and just what he spoke was he can be moved and he will be moved through your prayers Mm. so it's easy to look at what Policy and procedure and all of that, all I know is, and this is not my statement of affirmation of a candidate, a party, we've been clear about that, I think, but with where we are, um, it's important to release this covenant, and I'm hoping many people will see covenant and speak, and maybe we'll all be lined up together Um, We'll be in unity, as, as I've watched in other times throughout our history. But he said that he, his covenant in this term, in this administration, is to be moved. And that that moving isn't by force. It's by prayer and praise. By us believing who God is and praying for him. As he enters into the presidency and throughout his term, we will see, we will see, a natural government moved, and I'm pretty excited
1: about that. Absolutely.
0: Um, Papa said that we will go from being numb to the things we have seen to having all of our senses awakened. Now, I also, and this is the first time, just being honest. This is the first time I have specifically felt prompted to ask for the covenant of the vice president. I've always just really kind of felt invited to do it for the administration as a whole, but I did feel this time to um, ask for the covenant of the vice president-elect. And um, so just through amazing things, but a word uh, that came from the Blue Army also um, as we were in our Wednesday weaving time, um, and the word was unbridled. And so when I got to the roots of that, I found that in Hebrew, the root of it was to create. So I found that another covenant of this administration is to understand in order to create. And and that understanding will come from our prayers and our purposes and us taking taking our role truly as government. And these things that have been proclaimed and um, talked about and shouted about and a lot of different things as important to our hearts, we get to live those now. Mm -hmm. We get to live those fully and put motion to our verbiage. We get to put meaning to our words now and not let those be careless words. Um, yeah. And so last thing, in this will probably seem silly, um, but <laughs> as we're um, getting, you know, we'll be getting to come from the ark, um, I just really have been like, Papa, how do we start this? There's so much hate there's so much violence. There's so much human unkind right now. What do we do? And he just reminded me of a movie we've talked about before, but Evan Almighty, because it was a movie people told us to go see years ago, because it was just a comedy and we'd just laugh and get a little, you know, break. And we cried through the entire thing because it was our story at that time, because it's when <laughs> we're quitting the job. Uh, or it was actually before
1: quitting, right when the summer, yeah. the summer I had quit.
0: But, but I'd been invited not to cut his hair, not to shave his beard, and he's still working. And everyone is just like, What is wrong with this guy? And then, Evan Almighty, like he actually would shave, but it would just grow back, it was awesome, anyway. But it was our story at that time, and so one of the things from that is. God in the movie is Morgan Freeman, <laughs> and he's talking to Evan. And uh, he they've had the ark, they've built the ark, they've ridden through the ark, they've come out of the ark, and now God is explaining to Evan what the ark means. And he said, Acts of Random Kindness, and he drew it in the There He spelled ark, and I know how I don't know naive that sounds and simple that sounds but I actually believe it could help return us to his heart to just find ways to be randomly kind to just be kind in the most random moment to the most random person a person you know and love a person you don't that's the that's the Isaiah um, 60. You know, the verse 16, to those near and those far, to those you know and those you don't. So I'm going to be living this. I invite anyone that wants to, to live it with me, along with praying and praising with all we got.
1: Love is patient. Love is kind. Mm -hmm. And um, random acts of love, you know, might be being patient. Yeah. When no one else is. Yeah. Um, being us uh, selfless when no one else is trusting when no one trusts hopes mm-hmm. hoping when no one hopes mm-hmm. um, you know not keeping a record of wrongdoings mm-hmm. when everyone else has a tally yeah you know there's just so many ways that we can express who Papa is and the world will see it yeah and and while you know, while it's true that the grassroots concept is that, you know, it'll never happen if one person doesn't, we want, so we get to do that, but I actually believe that that's one of the incredible realities of being maturing sons and daughters of God is when you choose those moments of love mm-hmm. that the ripple across the world affects everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah, because the greatest way for us to move a government, to move an administration or move a man or a woman is to be moved ourselves. We can't move anything. We will try to shove it. We will try to bulldoze it. We will try to take a shovel and dig it out or dynamite to blow it out. But if we're moved, anything can be moved anyone can be moved if we're moved by god we're gonna know the thing to pray we're gonna know the thing to do we're gonna know um the place to speak truth we're gonna know um the thing to vote for all of that we're gonna know because we know him and so the greatest way to move anything is to be moved ourselves and i'll share just um Because I do believe it's kind of like, you know, in a marriage when um, two people come together, they both have a covenant and it creates a covenant. Um, I do want to share what I heard for President Trump. Had he been reelected, though, in my heart, this is still a covenant for him uh, that I will pray. And that was to go for the one. Um, And so I think we have the invitation To go for the one and to move many, you know, and they complete each other. And uh, I guess the way I was kind of seeing it this time is, you know, back in a day, whenever that was, many days ago, you know, the person who didn't win the most votes in the election was the vice president. So I'm like, I'm just going to vote. I'm just going (laughs) to vote in my prayer. I'm just going to complete the covenant that way because... We've been talking about that for so long—the one and the many—and it's both. And so we can complete that covenant um, all around.
1: Yeah. You know, Papa's Papa's speaking so much right now. There are probably twenty things that you just said mm. that I could respond to, mm. that I could say something about. It's—it's it's just I—I'm—I'm I'm actually like you know. Its just understanding to what degree Papa is uh, speaking right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he is calling to his people, you know, to to be who they were created to be. and um, and yeah, we're going to we're going to pray uh, for many people around the world, but we're definitely going to pray for our leaders yeah. to uh, see those covenants completed.
0: yeah, and you know, if he can lay, down, all the things you've been clinging to or fighting with in this whole experience we've been in as a, as a nation, as a world, you know, we're not asking you to scrub the tile with your toothbrush or the toilet. You know, we're, not asking, you, we're asking you to pray and praise and see what God can move. Because we, we too, and we think a lot of people We love and know and that um, engulf us and surround us and are with us. Believe, too, that He is moving in our midst, that He is good, that He is faithful, that we have not been abandoned, and that a tally on a machine or a piece of paper does not equate to the goodness of God. His movement, His motion, His heart, His help, and His hope Reveal that he is good. So let's just let him be good. And not be a false evidence that he's not because X, Y, or Z didn't occur. Yeah. We really? love you. <laughs> Go ahead. We love you. <laughs> We're on the same page. We are. All right. We do love you. Um, you can be win- uh, registering for winter tea. Yes. Obviously, won't get to travel here. Uh, As far as we know right now, it'll be virtual. We'll see what our our openings are here by then, at least for local. But um, you can register because same thing. We'll have mementos going out to you and all of that. So get registered.
1: Do. Yeah. We love you and we'll see you soon.
0: Bye.